1: Hello listeners, welcome to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. Hooray. Hooray. Pod 154. Oh, sponsored by Vector Printing for all your print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk, that's Vector with a... Kay. And JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit
2: jc-is.com. Can we find out how much Vector would charge to embroider that on a t-shirt? All of that? All of that. Just them or JCIS as well? Just know the whole thing. Onto a t shirt. Oh, no, no, just JC. You wouldn't be able to, to fill out on a JD size t shirt, yeah. would you? Endicott yes. would be fine. You could, you, could put <laughs> <it> on, <laughs> you could put it on the back, some on the front, some on the back. <laughs> just because he's not here, let's not indulge in Endercott sizes, and jokes.
1: So, yeah.
2: you engaging when he is here, too. <laughs> so,
1: Endicott's not here, but Kevin Day's here. Hello. And Andy Street is here. Oh, hi. How are you, chaps?
2: I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm Unfortunately, even at my advanced age, I still allow defeats to ruin my. Whole weekend. But well, yeah. let's but start. I'm fine. I'm fine. Let's start there then. There's let's start with in the Premier League. I'm fine.
1: We're doing very well. Let's start with the defeat at Leicester then, um, which is the last Palace game. One 0 Jamie Vardy scored seventh goal in seven games for him, which is equals records by other good strikers. Yeah, best <coughs>
2: striker we've ever seen. Blah blah blah, blah blah
1: blah. blah, blah. blah yeah. Um, what, what was it about Was it a bad performance in Palace, or were they were they a bit unlucky?
2: Well, I didn't see the game, but the first half apparently was pretty lackluster. Um, second half better, but. Probably have to bear in mind that three of the back four probably not our first choice. Back four. How do we think
1: of those two? Because Mariapa came in, and then Kelly was moved to left back. Yeah. Do we think they did
2: all right? Kelly, well, Kelly before sort of done all right for us at left back. Without seeing the game, it's hard to tell. But I think just the mere fact that it was, yeah, it wasn't three of our starting back four, without a recognised striker. Leicester are mysteriously a team in great form, mm-hmm. playing very well. Jamie Vardy is the best player England's ever seen. And should lead, will lead England to World Cup glory. Apparently. And has been now linked with Real Madrid. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> Are uh, you serious? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. You've made that up, haven't you? No, genuinely. Good. I mean Vardy. I mean I'm slightly. This is all slightly sour grapes and jealousy because we haven't got somebody who can score like he can. But. He hasn't set the world alight when he's played for. England. Not got anyone he can score. Well, basically, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that would be well, a good start. And I'm not looking for seven
3: in seven. I'm just looking yeah. for like one in four. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And there's a certain there is a but Leicester are a decent side at home. They play with a certain tempo and a certain pace that we obviously didn't quite match. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing to, to grasp hold of is that we are seventh in the Premier League, and that's yeah. that's very good. It's the I think we've all sort of bought into the fact that our, our away form. I think mean, we get so optimistic about away games that we're slightly surprised when it doesn't quite come off. But we lost 1-0 away to a former side in the Premier League. So there's no... There's no disgrace. And, and let's be fair, unfortunately, for, my, for all the praise we've heaped on Hangerland, mm-hmm. it pretty much came from one individual... Well, that's General all. I mean, that's all it was as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yet Leicester yeah.
1: did have a lot of certainly in the first half yeah. street, didn't they? But in terms of actual click up chances, they hit the post with that Albrighton shot. But aside yeah. from that, again and again, like the West Ham game to an extent, Palace I was solid they, and kept them at bay. I yeah.
3: don't know. I thought they looked more dangerous than us from the breakdown every time ball was turned over. Like I, I did worry about their ability to. Sort of get in between that area between our midfield and our defence. I mean, other than the fact that we don't have a recognised strike where our front four is looking dysfunctional, I'm still not sure mm. about the mix between Kabay and MacArthur at the base of midfield. We've got no defenders left, and uh, Hennessy's footwork is shocking. I thought it was a great Saturday. <laughs> Genuinely okay. enjoyed
2: it. Well, I think, the, I think oddly, what Kabay is not, I, mean, I think we have discussed the Kabay and MacArthur thing quite a lot on the pod, and the, the, we have got options in midfield. Kabay always going to be a starting choice, but. You know, just going forward the mid, they're not they're sitting, for me, they're sitting too deep, basically neither of them are getting forward enough and then Punchin still seems, it's not quite the force he was, it's not quite working up front whether that's down to the lack of a, a, a nominal strike I don't know, but it's interesting that Pardew talking up Conor Wickham again today but his goal record in the Premier League is not brilliant, I mean it's clear that he's going to get straight back in the team when he's when he's fit, Bamford came on. There's clearly an issue with Bamford. That's interesting that Bamford comes on the week after Chelsea serve. He doesn't get mm. more games, he's coming back. I thought he did okay, but I, though. yeah, I thought, was I okay. thought he, he sort of made yeah. a bit of a nuisance of himself and
3: won a few headers. I mean, his, his runs weren't at times the most clever um, and arguably didn't get himself into enough genuine goal scoring positions but I thought his link up play was okay I mean he didn't look terrible Mm -hmm. Um, which is ideal and a great recommendation of a player isn't it it's it's, it's an interesting one Like just said, said it last week and I think in some ways it played out in a slightly similar way to parts of that West Ham match in that you know the front four just again looks fairly dysfunctional the ball was coming back far too quickly and because of that, Kibai and MacArthur just looked a little bit flooded at the base of because they don't have that physicality when the ball's con- constantly coming out and as mobile and dynamic as they are and they are both of those things, it's very difficult for them to show the sort of physicality to, to really guard that deep area if they're constantly having to deal with you know a front four who can't retain possession at the moment or create a great deal I mean the first half I thought we were I want to say abject or, or terrible sort of words of, of that sort of ilk because it didn't look like Leicester were going to score at Will or anything stupid like that but we didn't really look like a team that are going to score at Will or at all ourselves We're definitely you know, second one best, goal, we? definitely don't it's one goal in six games now from open play which mm. is just not Ideal, really. And... Well, doesn't that in itself well, point I've... to the main the main problem at the moment?
1: There's no cutting edge up front.
2: Well, there's well, no, there hasn't been also. I mean, also there's two things. There. Kabay I don't think any of us thought that Kabay was being brought as a defensive midfielder. We're, we're not seeing. He's not getting the opportunity to create further forward. I think a lot of us thought he would play in front of possibly Edley and Macarthur which would create problems elsewhere for that punch in. I think the, one of the reasons that is probably so keen to get Wickham back is that Wickham will win a lot of free kicks in and around the box, which until we buy a striker in January, all the summer, it's going to be probably our best option. But to be fair, it's been our best option for goals for our entire time in the Premier League. We've always looked more likely to score from set pieces than we have from, mm. from open play. We've had some good moments from open play this, this season mainly against lesser teams and I think we shouldn't forget as, as with West Ham I think some of us probably underestimated West Ham and thought they might be in a false position and f- felt the same way about Leicester but Leicester clearly are not a fluke despite me thinking that Ranieri was a terrible decision Leicester have so, played really well they play a high tempo energetic game so it isn't on paper it's not you know, if we'd lost to them last season in that game we beat them 1-0 that would have been a terrible result but this wasn't a bad result we're still 7th in the Premier League but it's just not quite sparking in a way. But to be, you know, we've also had this conversation. There aren't that many times. Probably, partly partly against City, probably, and the whole of the West Brom game. Not that many games where we have said, "Yeah, we were good for the entire, for the entire game." We've had, but a really we've good, also had not had that many
1: games where we've no, been. No, no, we haven't. We second haven't. best. I, all game. I,
2: that's why. I'm, that's why I'm still quite optimistic and I'm still really encouraged because I think there's a lot more to come from us. I think mm. I still think the Pardew hasn't quite found. The way to get the best out of Kabayi or and hasn't solved that forward conundrum and hasn't worked out punching isn't quite the force he was at the end of last season for but he's still a good player thelassie seems to be the one that's undroppable at the moment he's he's he clearly can't work his make his mind up about Saka mm. or zahar maybe that needs to be looked at or Maybe co- we we've... just need to try a different a different approach but it, 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 yeah we've got two difficult games coming up and then two winnable games after that but I wonder if against Man U we might revert to a more old-fashioned Pulis-type Palace than we have done in the past, which might with, suit us a little bit. With no. Kabay,
1: going back to Kabay, would um, would you guys try him in the number 10 then? Would would you do... Because he did, when he played for Newcastle, he did play more defensively. But he has played
3: in that number 10 position for for France. And I know that a lot of people uh, have sort of repeated the mantra, look, he's, he's a deep line midfield, but I suppose... You've got to kind of look at attributes, really, haven't you? And the ability of a player to play in that position. Because at the moment, because of the various injuries that we've got, the only one who seems to be in favour and or fit is Punchin. And Punchin obviously hasn't played his entire career as a number 10, but switched in there last season and did so to a pretty good effect because he had the speed of thought and the movement and the passing ability to actually create some danger in the final third. I think one of the things that Kabai clearly brings to the team is... The defensive side of his game, the interceptions, the, the tackles—everyone's been pointing to those stats—and probably rightly so because they've been very impressive this season. There's nothing to say that he couldn't play uh, an equally, you know, imposing game further forward. You, you, plenty of teams now play such a pressing game mm-hmm. that you're defending from the front anyway. There's nothing to say that those skills and that ability to sort of win possession back wouldn't be yeah. sort of well used as a number ten. And if anything, perhaps that would then give us, you know, a base to. Mount attacks from further up the pitch rather than winning the ball very deep in midfield and then looking isolated because Punch has gone hiding a little bit recently mm. and you've got two wingers at least who were on the pitch on, on Saturday who looked woefully out of form. So I, I, I don't think it's quite as stupid as some people are making out. He's, he's not got a huge amount of experience there but I don't think
2: that it's something that's so beyond the realms of possibility as to be you know a stupid suggestion. I, I don't think he's stupid at all. I think there's a world of difference between a deep-lying midfielder and a defensive midfielder I think you can be very creative from the deep line position, like Hoddle used to be, but at the moment he hasn't got the opportunity to be that creative because there's not that much going on ahead of him. When think, it's coming back, isn't it? Yeah, and I, th- I think there are I think there are other players in the team who could do the defensive part of his job equally as well, and I would like to see him slightly liber- give him the liberation to play a little bit further forward, because like, like Street, he says, he can win the tackles there. Yeah, He's got more options if he wins the ball, further up, I just think it might be time to possibly give Punch an rest. I don't, I don't know who you... Yeah, the front four is a problem. It's, it's definitely a conundrum without a, a, a focal point striker, if you like. But mm. Pardew's never particularly liked... You've you always got the impression that he picked Murray, sort of, despite himself, rather than out mm. of any enthusiasm. But clearly, that front four... Yeah, there were glimpses against Man City in the first half, when there was that movement, and it looked really good, but at the moment, it's not quite coming off, and there's just a big... It seems to me that there's a big... Just watching the highlights, there's a big gap between Kabay and, and MacArthur and the, and the the front four, and those they're not doing enough to... But it's also sort of a different in. front four every game. Yeah. These switches yeah. every I week, think, doesn't it? I don't think there's any doubt that come January, which is the worst time, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if we had the club that goes in for Charlie We need... Depending on how Wickham does, if fit, when Wickham, fit. There's nothing about Wickham's part. I think Wickham... He's a really good footballer, but there's nothing about Wickham's past to suggest that he's suddenly going to score 20 goals for us. I mean, I've, again, he will hold the ball up better and bring other people into play and he's strong and he's physical and you can't boss him about and he will win us three kicks in and around the box, but well, he's not a natural striker. But weren't we we Weren't we all,
1: weren't we all saying... Maybe not, but questioning whether Murray would do the same thing start of last season. Then he proved himself to be someone that
2: could go on a run—not 20 goals a season, but yeah, could score regularly. We we will go around in circles on the Murray argument in every pod, and I, I, I'm still one of those who think that we got the you know five million quid for Murray was good value. I, I, having said that, I accept as I said after the West Ham game, I had no real argument for those players. Those fans who said. We could have done with Murray, but there again, you saw Bournemouth give a goal away yesterday when Murray failed to control a ball in the middle of his own half, gave away a free kick, which we saw time and time again for for us. Mm-hmm. And Tottenham scored from the resulting free kick. So I I, I, I don't think we should be being nostalgic for a 33 year old who got who had and I couldn't be more delighted than anybody else. that He had a the, really good spell he his best but he's, he is, not, but he's not yeah but he's not he's not the answer he wouldn't get us 20 goals in the Premier League it's just it's, yeah. it's bad timing isn't it the Murray and then we can get injured I think more well, than and, anything his, else, and Shamat being yeah, out and, that's what I mean. and Bamford the, the answer, which again Bamford's non-involvement is a massive mystery because yeah the depth should be there you know, I'd be interested to see whether Gail starts again On
1: Fraser Campbell Monday. we're not particularly enamoured with after Saturday is
2: anyone ever enamoured with Fraser Campbell yeah, some people like him it, but it, it's just shifting it's, yeah. it's, it comes back to the different expectations now we're, we're, you can't be sort of emotional and about players now you, you can't just sort of out of a sense of loyalty say yeah keep him on We'd, if we want to continue doing well in the Premier League we need Premier League players and God love him. He's not really. I think, arguably, Gail could be in a different system. But mm-hmm. if we haven't got them and we haven't got time to see them come through the youth, we need to we need to buy them. And there's no real problem in the rest of the team. I don't think. I think we've got enough creativity to su- to supply the ball for a decent striker. It's just when it when it, when it, it clicks, it's it 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 not yeah. clicking.
1: On it. um, okay. Well, let's let's go back onto a couple of decisions in the game. Most notably the penalty calls for Palace at the end. Three penalty calls in the last couple of minutes of the game. Foul on Wilf, a handball and a Bamford one which was I guess kind of the weakest of the three um, the
3: Wilf penalty what do, what do we think about that well we put a poll up on the FYP Twitter didn't we to ask the general populace who they thought was a better referee out of Mike Dean and a mouldy sponge mm-hmm. and the the mouldy sponge got 93% and mm-hmm. I think was probably robbed Yeah, I mean it, sh- it should have been far higher those were just three terrible I mean you can make an argument for Perhaps the Wilf one because of the nature of how he's he's gone down. Um, even then, the guy's left his leg trailing out. Still contact. I think there's contact. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's one of those areas that's massively Ground yeah, If it's
2: not a foul, it doesn't mean it's a dive. Mm. That's the other thing as well. well I there's thought that was incredibly yeah. harsh, to be yeah. honest. Um, there seems that, to be no grey area anymore for referees. If they don't give a penalty, they almost didn't always give a, a yellow card for diving, which is which is wrong. Mm.
3: I don't know how he didn't give the handball. Frankly, I mean, yeah. looking. At them, that that looked uh, to me to be the clear cut one. Um, you know what you're going to get with Mike Dean. I yeah, mean, th- he'll have some days where he is actually quite a good referee, but there's just such an overwhelming, pervasive hubris about him that when he he does have a bad day because he's so convinced that he you know is the world's greatest referee,
2: it'll <laughs> just end up looking rather ridiculous, like he did on Saturday. <coughs> there's clearly something about. And I wouldn't say this on a general football podcast because people would laugh at me, but there's something about Dean and Clattenburg and Palace that doesn't mix. It's That's why I like John Moss. John Moss seems to like Palace. Mm. Yeah, he doesn't, clearly, because I'm, that's implying that he's mm. he's biased in some way, which he's not. But for some reason, we seem to get more 50-50s when he referees than we do when Clattenberg and, and Mike Dean referees. And I don't know what the answer is and most other football fans would say you're talking nonsense because it's not true, but it, from a lot of experience... Mm-hmm. Is it a your reputation heart, thing? Your heart, I, don't, like Wolf, I don't think... Uh, can... Wilf a diver or get wind that I
1: kind of think, thing. I don't
2: think there's any penalty that Wilf's got this season that wasn't a clear-cut penalty. The one against West Brom certainly yeah. was, the one against Watford, Watford certainly was. Yeah. There will always be some referees, I think, and you're talking about the more experienced ones and the ones with the egos, the ones who like the attention, who you probably have to convince more... To give, a, to give a penalty, but there again, Clattenburg gave the one against Gale, which in normal circumstances you, you would expect him not to give. So we're kind of, yeah, the truth is they're not biased against us, but yeah, I'm, that's not going to stop me saying it. No, but they are, but, they're but they still seem, human. But, aren't yeah, they? But experience seems to indicate that though, they're, they're two referees that your heart sinks a little bit when you see their names hmm. at the back of the programme and all you hear them announce. So, and there is a certain look at me. I'm more important than you are. element. I they clearly seem to enjoy waving people away. And, you know, but and yeah. D- yeah, we you saw, saw that with the Sunderland Newcastle game. You can argue about whether it was a penalty all night, and the fact is the ref doesn't give it. And it, in the end, you shouldn't really be. You know, you should play better for most of the rest of the game and not have to rely on. Are you talking about the Colacini? Yeah, I mean, it was never. I mean, it was never a penalty. I thought it was a penalty. I thought it was a penalty, but not a red card. I didn't think it was... No. I thought it was a, Kevin. I thought Definitely. the sort of thing you
1: see all game. They, ne- they never what get given.
2: anything. Yeah, a the, They never get given I anywhere. think the problem was... I think anywhere. Fletcher went down too easily. And the problem was the ball was quite a long way from Colicini, So it looked... It didn't look like he was just shielding it. But it's one of those... Again, that's the beauty of football. You argue about it all night. Yeah. You'd be furious if it was given against you. Absolutely. like it was given for you. But at the moment, we don't seem to be getting... Them. It's even, even again, there's a big debate. You know, Yaya Touré not booked for, a, for quite a bad foul in the first five minutes of the City game. And Martin Tyler, the commentator, said, What's the difference between that and, and Gay booking last mm. week? Yeah. And this nonsense, and Gary Neville, and then Danny Murphy saying, Well, no, it's a, it's a Manchester derby, you can't book somebody that early on. Bollocks. Yeah. It's either a foul or it's not a foul. Well, it is the difference that Gale's yeah. a Crystal Palace player and he's not yeah, a Man yeah. City player. Yeah, well, also yeah, also Danny Murphy talking about the uh, the Mane foul, the second yellow card. Exactly the same as Gale's last week. And Gale's last week, he said Gale was an idiot for getting involved. And he said Marley shouldn't have been sent off because it was a striker's tackle. So, yeah, you know, that, again, the, the, other referees wouldn't have sent Gale off last week. But, mm-hmm. you know, as we said, Gale shouldn't have put himself in that situation. We shouldn't be giving the referees a chance to give bad decisions. And in the final analysis, we should have played better against Leicester rather than relying on referees well, to I mean, give us decisions. It, very
1: true, very true. Would that um, And would having any of the penalties at the end of the game? been justified would Palace have getting a sneak and a one-all draw been a justified result over when does, the when does balance that, of play when does that matter <laughs> I'm
2: just I'm when really does <laughs> well
1: obviously never I don't
2: know without seeing the whole game I, I just looking at the highlights and no but that again it doesn't matter because we've been mm-hmm. robbed enough times So, I thought when, it was a more marginal game than the West Ham one
3: was where we clearly yeah. deserved to, to lose and we probably would have deserved to lose even had we retained Dwight Gayle on the pitch Um I, I don't know like second half I thought we huffed and puffed a little bit but e- even then you know by the end we were resorting to just flinging it into the box and hoping for some for some knockdowns basically and hoping that World could produce some pieces of magic I suppose that's where you know we end, we end up coming up at that you know one of those interventions nearly led to a penalty um, I think a draw wouldn't have been an unfair result on the balance of play but equally you can't really begrudge Leicester the win too much because I thought they were Whoa. comfortably better in the. F- Whoa, what's,
2: what's you can be crouched. the with the both of you, people, massively. <laughs> of course, because um, I, I thought the you know clunkers. Palace were, were very mediocre in the first <laughs> yeah. half. Um, but having said that, would you know? I, I, and I think you're right about the West Ham game. I think the Gale sending off masked the fact that West Ham, with hindsight, were a better team than us. On the day, I thought mm-hmm. it was a good game and we played all right but West Ham were better than us. Uh, and, yeah, you know, the the Leicester day, we didn't get that that sort of rub of the green, in, in a sense, a negative rub of the green to hide the the deficiencies. But they're not massive deficiencies. We, it's where we didn't play well and we could still have got a point out of it. And we're still seventh in the Premier League and we've still got players to come back. So mm. it's, it's again, it, as we said last week, it's a measure of how well we're doing that we're frustrated and disappointed by these results. But mm. they're not vital. They're not vital. They're not, you know you look at the lead table we're st- we're still well it's ten games now isn't it Yeah,
1: yeah. which is what we always say is sort of, that when the yeah. table starts to kind of take form yeah. and we're not, with all these games West Ham and, and Leicester um, even though we didn't play particularly brilliant in either of them, we're never out of them are we? we're, never, we're never getting smashed or turned over and can, we've always got a chance of getting something which I think is a testimony
2: to the fact that this, yeah, I think how good when, this when, team is we're becoming a team that nobody really wants to look, wants to play against and yeah, watching that Sunderland-Newcastle game yesterday, it's just, for all that Sunderland won it, in the first half, they were as bad as any team I've seen in the Premier League for years. And mm. in the second half, Newcastle wasn't that much better. There are much worse teams than us in the Premier League. Mm. And it's been a while since we could since we could say that. I think, Especially this early on. Yeah, I mean, it's just that slight disappointment that we've had to, the adrenaline of previous seasons. yeah, you know, I think we should remember that the first half of the first two seasons in the Premier League, we were desperate at this this stage, we all thought we were going to go down mm. and then we had the brilliant turnaround and all the adrenaline and excitement that came with it and now we're just getting used to being a competent Premier League team and, and we have to avoid falling into the trap that we accuse accused Charlton fans of falling into, that we expect too much.
1: Did you, you think that will ever happen to Palace fans? I
2: think, uh, yeah, of course it will, we're, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, you've got you people overreacting, haven't you? Yeah. Already to uh, sort of the last couple of results. Yeah, and... there's still people, there's people already. The all two two defeats, two defeats on the spin, not scoring many goals. But yes, it's, it's, it's human nature. Palace fans are the best fans in the world, but we still have some human beings amongst them, and some of those, <laughs> some of those human beings will, you know, expect too much or overreact to various games. But, uh, I, I wouldn't like to get into a situation where because I really enjoy the fact that we until this week we're winning more games than we're losing Mm -hmm. at the moment we're on five and five I wouldn't like to get to a situation where because of two bad results against two difficult teams coming up we need to beat Sunderland and Newcastle because that's when the tension starts to creep in but But that is the way and we've said it before on a pod that Pardew's
1: teams seem to have this pendulum kind of motion where they win some they lose some tend to not draw any we're
2: the only team left now that hasn't drawn, yeah, that hasn't game drawn yeah,
1: yeah. a game in Premier League I mean, look, yeah. do we accept this is just the way it goes with
2: the Pardew team yeah if it carries on that no, way I wouldn't be unhappy I mean you just have to look at Chile. Chelsea have lost the same amount of games as we have but they're six points behind us because they've drawn games So Pardews always seem to have that positive attitude it's much better to, to win and then lose than draw two and then I've just confused myself no that's I, true I, that, that, do the that's maths, maths. Yeah. that is genuine yeah. maths
1: that is a thing I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad we have proven that three is bigger than two. Yeah. How long is Suárez out for? Is he? I don't know. I genuinely was very shocked when the right. team threw it out on Saturday. I did not know he was injured. So hopefully but Jim,
2: that came on again. That's another positive. And played very well. And played well. Yeah. Yeah. Had yeah. One, I mean had one
1: at that point in the game. he Got one job to do, but yeah. did it did it very well. Swashbuckling, wasn't it? Very yeah, much so. Yeah. yeah.
2: I,
3: I thought it was quite quite fun to watch. Actually, it's, I'd, it's
2: I'd, I do wonder if there's a. Pardew likes the occasional wild card. I wonder if that might start on Saturday, but we'll save that for the part inevitable three. part three. A
1: yeah. um, couple more points then. For part one. Hangerland been brilliant for us recently. Clang off the goal. We, we let him off for that.
3: He's kind of one of those players, isn't he? That when your team's playing well, because of the manner in which he plays, which is this sort of slightly calm uh, like, passing, like man passing, kind of passing centre back. Um, you, you kind of. Feel that he's great to watch, but as soon as it's a bit more backs to the wall, he does worry you, doesn't he? Because obviously with Delaney, Delaney, you know what you're getting. You're getting a diagonal left to right ball that's going sixty yards into the air and up to the, the centre forward. But you know it'll go where it needs to go. Yeah, because, because he's told he will do it because he's told to do that. Because he, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not passing, you know, uh, casting aspersions either way. But you know that Damien, if he needs to get rid of the ball, will do so. Is is not scared to be a little bit more direct than than Hangland, whereas. When, when you're slightly under it a little bit in terms of your form and in terms of how the team's playing, Hangeland can start to look like a liability a bit quicker than Delaney can. I wouldn't be surprised just because we've had a couple of losses now. If, if Delaney's
2: fit enough, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in against Man Well, United he was on the bench on yeah, I don't think Hangeland gets any blame for the West Ham performance or result. And I don't think after one error we should be getting on his back, he's been really good for us. But... For all that Damien, when he was on the pod, tried to convince us that he was find it hard to get back in. I think Delaney's always going to be first choice, and I think Hangeland knows that mm-hmm. as well. I think we all know what our first choice back four is, mm-hmm. and we haven't been able to play that for for quite some time. And the worry is that it might take some time for them to play themselves back into into fitness. But I would expect Delaney to be, if he's fit to start, I, he'll probably start against City on Wednesday night, Wednesday, I would have yeah. thought. But I'd be amazed if he didn't start if he's fit against United. Um, but Hangleton, I think Leicester was one of those games. We was, we were a bit worried about Hangeland before the West Ham game because of their mobility. Leicester have the same sort of mobility, but he seemed to cope with it. Well he reads he's it allowed. well reads the game He's very yeah, experienced he's, reads he's it allowed, well He's allowed one mistake it's, Yeah exactly and, and to be honest That's all it
1: was One mistake yeah. and, and that was what The difference between The two teams And well, is the best striker in the world ever So you know. Similar
3: time <laughs> Similar <laughs> time <laughs> well. last year You know Scott Down Makes a pretty similar error In some ways Against Benteke yeah. in, the, in the Villa game No one was calling For yeah, him to yeah, immediately yeah. Be hung from the yeah. Roof of the there Or anything So I don't think Anyone should be and In fact I don't think Anyone has been About no. Handland. gland You know he's been Pretty good at the Start of this season So I'd be a little bit Harsh to then go and
2: cast the game too much. Well, Although I suppose event. those fans of uh, McCarthy and Gold would say, well, "Okay, he gets different rules for for Hangerland, but which is a fair which is a fair point. No, it's not because it was against my opinion. But, <laughs> 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 but, but but I mean, it is. Yes, it is a fair point because but McCarthy made three or four in in successive yeah. games. But again, Gold could be said before Balch, yesterday he made three or four in the same game. Bournemouth, the Bournemouth most cheaper. astonishing. Alfred oh, Borough's just there was just I'm not seeing not seen him. Oh, we we'll would see if you can get the, just, <laughs> just get the highlights of his his <laughs> errors.
1: Um one more thing then. Um Balassi, what's the what's the deal with Belassi? Been been very see, quiet I, last I think, game, he?
3: He's he's certainly out of form. I think you've got a couple of the guys from Slack. He's had a, a major life changing event recently. Yeah. And I think anyone in that situation, no matter how professional they are, no matter how naturally talented they are, no matter what field they, they work in, it's gonna have an effect. Well, I know that. Well, precisely. Um, And I think, you know, it can't be a complete coincidence that the two are correlated. Mm. I mean, yeah, players fall in and out of form all the time, but his demeanour doesn't look quite as sort of smiley and happy as it has done in the past. And I don't Mm. want to go into the level of speculating about something so personal, but you've got to cut the guy a bit of slack, I think, at the moment. And that's pretty much all Mm. that can be said about it.
2: Although, ironically, the the initial, the first game after the funeral. He was the West Brom game, he was very good. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting with Balassi because clearly you know, everyone talks about managers having. You know, is he the sort of player to put an arm around a shoulder or kick up the arse? And Balassi seems to be undroppable. It's like Pardew talks about Zahar all the time, he's either bigging him up or, or slagging him off, dropping him, picking him. Sacco, he talks about sometimes as the best player ever and sometimes I don't know what to do with him. Balassi it seems to be untouchable I mean I don't know if that implies that he's always the sort of player that's got a fragile ego or fragile mentality but I think it's odd when other players have been dropped and and rested that he hasn't Would it work for him in the same
1: way that it might work to Giappa Wilf? I don't
2: know as I don't know him well enough I don't know him at all at the moment I don't think you could argue he's justifying his place in the in the team to be honest and I think it's hard to say that because he's been a brilliant player for us and he will be a brilliant player for us again but when Pardew is known as somebody who's perfectly happy to change things around it seems that not changing Iala sort of creates a logjam that the changes have to be made somewhere else mm-hmm. so we haven't seen how it would work with Sako and Zaha together or how it would work with Punch and playing wide or and he just you, you can't really see why he's on the team at the moment, he has already yeah. though
1: the season, and he's been asked to play quite a few different positions: down the oh, wide, yeah, up yeah, top, yeah. number ten. Like yeah. he's been switched around again and again. None of those front floor players have quite yet got the, the yeah, rhythm yeah. of playing in the same. Yeah, it's
3: uh, not
2: just him. Yeah, it's not. It's not just him. But you know, Zahar's in and out. Sacco's in and out of the team. Gaya was in and out of the team. But, yeah, Bamford's more out than in, so it just seems odd that the one position that's not. Uh, try to change is is that one I'm sure Pazio has a reason for it Mm. and much as I don't want him to go to Tottenham if Tottenham were still willing to pay 15-20 million for him in January at the moment he wouldn't be too broken hearted if if he went it's a lot of money it is a lot of money it's very wisely said but it's it's also possible that we may have seen the best again I don't know
1: Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. OK.
2: I hope he does I mean, I really... I, I genuinely hope but we're talk- he's a flair player and flair players are in and out all the time. And as You said, he's he's had a, you know, a terrible trauma. Hmm.
1: But then the front... You, like, you, yeah. you, could, you could almost say we're talking about any of the front four players. They're all yeah. flair players yeah, who yeah, do suffer. Yeah, but also his, his, his bereavement
2: is... You'd think his bereavement would be... Cynically, a really good excuse for him to say, have a rest, take time off to do what you have to do with your family then... Hmm come back stronger but he's a, he is a bit of a conundrum at the moment we will be interesting to see then what happens in the next couple of weeks with that if he has dropped I, think, I don't think he will I don't, I think he hasn't dropped him yet I don't see why he's going to start dropping him now ok well we'll see in,
1: we're not in part 2 but we'll see in the future but anyway it is now time for part 2 where we'll be listening uh, well, answering our listeners' questions. Maybe that's we'll a short part to... if we just yeah, listen yeah. to them. Here's another question. Not going to answer that one either. Not going to answer that yeah. one. Yeah. Good question. Next Good question. On to the next we'll one. We'll be yeah. answering our listeners' questions, so join us in a bit. listeners welcome back to the five-year plan podcast pod 154 sponsored by jcis the global and research brand consultancy from south london visit jc and vector printing for all your print and embroidery needs go to vector.co.uk and that's Vector with Okay, hey. I love the way he tries to put a South London
2: accent
1: from South London. <laughs> I, I've got i mi- I've got a mixed accent. It's and sometimes
2: you've got a posh Cambridge, It's by posh, no, and it, it, very posh. It goes in, yeah. it
1: goes in between the two. It's all sort of yeah, Boy Scout no. and Downton Abbey. <laughs> no, never, I was never, never a Boy Scout. <laughs> never a Boy Scout.
2: Right. So that's, first... that's, the, that's the most rugged thing you've ever said. <laughs> I, was, I have to tell you, I was never a Boy Scout. <laughs> uh, our first question. <laughs>
1: Comes from Keith Roberts. Hi Hi Keith. Keith. He's put neither McCarthy or Hennessy. This is his opinion. Has made number one spot their own. Is it time to recall duels Bit harsh on the two keepers there.
3: Um, I don't think. So I think they're both at a very similar level, and I think um, Spironi hasn't now played a first team match in. When did he last play? End of last season. In the last. For last game. last, was last game? Of last season, Swansea. Swansea. Yeah. So. That's
2: what, sort of, four or five months now. Longer than that, six months. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the acid test for whether Spironi is still involved is the League Cup team against Man City. Mm-hmm. Firstly, to see how seriously we take it. But I suspect yeah, Hennessy played cup games last season. It might be, there, but I I really think if neither Hennessy or McCarthy is doing well enough, and I, I don't think Hennessy's done anything particularly wrong. Um, It's just not Julian that's his problem but I suspect that the answer will be a different keeper entirely I don't I wouldn't be at all surprised if Julian doesn't play for us in the in the league again because I think he's had ample opportunity Mm. he was fit when he dropped McCarthy that would have been the time to put him back in I'm still not sure about Hennessy if I'm honest I think
3: his starting position sometimes is a little bit strange it makes very bizarre decisions at times and his footwork's not great I mean there was two instances on Saturday and I, I don't want to keep on going into his level of micro analysis on him but people were doing it with McCarthy so it seems if you're going to be Fair sort enough. of mm-hmm. even handed you do it with Hennessy as well and there was the, the instance in the first half where he just completely loses the flight of the ball as Vardy cuts in and hits the post and then doesn't react to the rebound either which just seems to be the, the most bizarre he sort of, looks, sort of
1: looked like he was leading it to go wide when it definitely wasn't
3: well yeah quite and, and in The second half for the goal. I mean, you can't blame the goal on him. It was clearly Hangeland's error that's let Vardy in. He's an incredibly dangerous player. But you do kind of think when you see Vardy going through, if he hasn't rushed out in quite the manner that he has and allowed Dan at least the chance to try and get back on him and try and draw him a bit wide, which Dan maybe can do, Mm. it it perhaps doesn't make it quite as easy for Vardy to score. I think he probably still would score. Um, So, I mean, if you're going to level any sort of criticisms at Hennessy for, for that performance, it would probably be... For those two things. Arguably, though, given that the mistakes that McCarthy's made with some of his handling at times this season and given the fact they've led to goals, you, you, you won't see anyone displace Hennessy, I think, anytime soon.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I also think working on the basis that it's, as we said before, three out of the back four aren't the right three or mm-hmm. the first choice, you imagine it's highly unlikely to disrupt it further by bringing the keeper who hasn't played for. 10 games this season well wouldn't that be the most quintessentially parts thing possibly yeah, that? let's exactly. just, just yeah. shake shit up yeah possibly but, but, but you know you, you, maybe you could argue that if, if it was the back four that we would expect that you might bring to but I don't I just think we have to accept that and let's be fair we've been saying this for three years we've been predicting Julian's last season for quite some time and I, I suspect that this is the final hurrah but if it is then he's gone out as a top flight Premier League goalkeeper and and, and a of, Palace legend. And a Palace legend. I don't think he'll go anywhere. And, and I assume he's been made aware of what the plans are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Hennessy's. The thing with Julie as well, we forget that he had his moments when he wasn't brilliant. Mm. But when he was brilliant, he was kind of flamboyantly. So I think Hennessy is a very competent Premier League goalkeeper, but he just. He's, he looks like every other goalkeeper, and Julian didn't basically. And his, but as I say, his problem is he's not Julian. That's well, I think McCarthy's weird. a fairly competent Premier League goalkeeper as well. I think so, given time, uh, he could be, yeah. I... I think the big problem with McCarthy and Hennessy was that we weren't told who was first choice, hmm. basically. And they both suffered. McCarthy, especially, as we said before, suffered from you know, basically coming in from QPR's reserves to replace a legend. And if Parger had said, look, deal with it, he's our keeper now, then you'd kind of you would you sort of suck it up and deal with it. But I mean everyone was looking for him to make mistakes and go, Oh, he's not Julian. Mm. And Hennessy's the same but have not I d I I haven't I don't think Hennessy's a problem at all, to be perfectly honest. No. Well it's it's, it's just bad bad luck for Jules really, that he's got two keepers like that. Also at the club. <laughs> well, it's bad luck or if, play, if they weren't there
1: he'd be playing, surely.
2: Well, no, he wouldn't because it's bad luck. It's bad luck, or a manager that doesn't think he's good enough to play week in, week out. Because if he did, he would be. Basically, I don't think you can say it's bad luck for Julian that they bought two replacement goalkeepers in. Mm. That's a bit Maybe. like saying it'd be bad. Not like bad, for you. Luck that we're not Premier League it, footballers. Could like, just yeah, happen to be yeah, a like, million better footballers in the UK than me. It's like you sitting at home going, "Oh, it's really bad luck." They got two better people to host the podcast. After they went out, after they went out, it's, not went luck, out it's my future. Two better people to host the podcast. So <laughs> it's, it's not bad luck, it's an indication that he's clearly mm-hmm. not number one in Parge's eyes, basically.
1: Okay. Um, the next question. Good question. That though. Um, the next question is from Tim Harper. Hi, Hi Tim. Tim. He says, "Has Bamford earned himself an opportunity to start?" Palace was certainly
3: livelier the second half when he came on. Think uh, about that. I think just by virtue of the dearth of options at the moment, he he, he might have done just about enough. I think he, he worked hard enough when he came on and, as I say, gave a little bit of a, a chaos factor, if you like, in mm. terms of winning a few headers and, and getting himself involved in a few attacks. Um, and at the moment, would I pick him above Campbell? Yes. Uh, <laughs> would I pick him above Gale? Probably, to be honest. Mm. I mean, I, I think... Gale's had so many opportunities now to try and do that sort of starting on his own up front thing people seem to have written Bamford off on the basis of a couple of um, Coca-Cola Cup Bellows Cup whatever you want to call it Milk Cup Milk Cup mm. games and um, by virtue of the fact that he's got a
2: slightly poncy haircut and comes from Chelsea um,
3: Could
2: we'll, he do uh, that
1: job? Could he do the, the, the well, Lone Man, uh, man well, job? Well he
2: seems to lack a bit of I don't know it's interesting he's, he seems to lack a bit of devil and he's he's big but without being strong but I I suspect he might start on Saturday simply because I don't think we're going to see a lot of the ball against United and I think he, he obviously can hold the ball up in a way that Gale can't, I mean that comes back again we talk about Gale every time, he's he's clearly talented, He's clearly can score goals but he's not he's not a lone striker and I think he will play with a lone striker and the, the front four a little bit deeper and Bamford probably can do that job more and can win free kicks and can hold it up and bring other people into play. But again, Pardew is very unpredictable, so you don't know. He might give Gale another chance. But I suspect... And I also do think it's interesting that it does come down to business that Chelsea have said if if you don't play him, he's coming back and mm-hmm. I think we probably want to keep him. So I think he, he'll certainly play a part on... On Saturday, I think given our lack of striking options, it would be
1: a bit foolish to let him go back to to Chelsea, wouldn't it? When we need strikers, and word he's word not too. terrible. And, he, and on Saturday, when he did come on against Leicester, he did hold the ball up a bit and yeah. showed that he can do that. So it would also, have been a bit. Also, the thing is that he
2: Will, we've talked again about this. We talked about Velasquez and Wilf taking the wrong options in the box all the time, and that's because quite often there isn't somebody in the box to aim for, and he will, it will be an option. He will be somebody who can get on the end of crosses. Which we haven't really, haven't really had. So he he does provide something different, and I think he will go back to Chelsea, depending on whether or not Wickham's fit and whether or not we can afford to buy another striker and whether Charlie Austin wants to leave QPR mm. in January. And the state of Shamak's hamstrings, maybe as well. Oh, it just seems to, again, if we're waiting on much as again, much as I love Shemak and I wouldn't criticise him, but if we're waiting on Shemak to come back, then there's something slightly wrong because. He's a genuinely top-quality player, but there's nothing to indicate that he's suddenly going to start scoring goals. He's so it's, he, he's not the answer either. Well, uh, he, I, I think he's, he's, he's a, different, he's he's a different, he's different. number 10 he's yeah, a number ten? A number 10. He's, okay. a, he's a different option not to score goals, basically. Uh, play up, play, sure.
3: Played up top uh, at Anfield and very good in that. The problem is, you no, yeah,
2: just I'm not saying he's not a good player. I'm not saying I want to get rid of him. But it's, what I'm saying is, the experience yeah. doesn't indicate as with Conor Wickham. There's nothing to indicate mm. that he's going to score goals. Same with Cameron Jerome, nothing indicated that he was ever going to score goals. No, well he didn't, he did for Norwich, but not for us, didn't he? But, you know, Shemax and Wickham aren't the answer to our lack of goals, basically.
1: Yeah, but is is there an argument that the way we play... Um, the, the man up top, yes, obviously you want them scoring goals, but are, is their job not also to bring in the midfield? We've got three players behind him who should be scoring goals, and it's it's not someone that should be linking up the play and bringing the. You were saying in previous pods, the players from midfield aren't making those runs into the box more. But if you've got someone who's better at holding it up, and
2: the, and the midfield don't have to constantly play on the back foot, well,
1: then uh, let's have,
2: it, well, let's have this discussion in five games time when we've had a, somebody playing like that. But yeah, But I thought Wickham did show in a few games he did play that he can do that. He, yeah, I'm just I just got. This old fashioned view that goalkeepers should stop goals and strikers should score them <laughs> yeah. basically. But
1: I agree, you know, but this is you know Andy
2: Johnson, the in right, we've had we've had They were different eras of football. I it started well, yeah, but in <laughs> yeah, but but yeah, but Marshall scores goals, Aguero yeah. scores goals, Kane scores goals. I don't think we
3: can of, afford Aguero
2: though. No, no but we we also can't afford a striker that Whose only job is to bring other players into play when they're not scoring. I goals agree, and I thought, moment. and I did think during the summer that
1: Charlie Austin yeah. would be the guy that would do all, yeah. all of that.
2: Well, obviously, we didn't get him. But and there, there is, you know, it is about systems as well, but it's also about spending the money to get somebody who will score twenty goals a season. Well, like you Probably. say, maybe we'll get to January
1: and we'll, yeah. um, we'll have been, we'll have realised that we did need to spend that money, and it will be spent depending on what happens with the other I'd be amazed guys.
2: if we didn't get a striker in. Well... Unless enjoyed. Wickham suddenly scores 10 goals or whatever. I would... Why, I hope... Yeah, I really hope he does but there's, enough, there's nothing to indicate about his past Premier League experience to, to show that he will. That's what I'm saying. That's why yeah. I thought he was a strange buy in the first place. We spent as much on him as we spent on Kabay and it's just... I find that really odd.
1: Well, when, there must be a reason though that they... Yeah, I'm sure.
3: Yeah, I'm sure there is. Yeah. I think it comes back to what, what you said there, J D. You, you actually spoke some sense which I was mm. quite confounded by. Um, I... I He's still very young. People talk about yeah, Dwight Gale true. as if yeah, he's yeah. a young that's striker. Uh, Conor Wickham's two years younger than him. You mm-hmm. know, no one ever speaks because he's always been huge. He's been a, about forever, yeah. and he's got a beard. People speak about Conor Wickham as if he's twenty nine. He's not. He's very young still, mm. and he's already showing glimpses that you know, if you do play him in the number nine role, he will bring other people into it. Albeit that perhaps people are extrapolating a bit too much from just a couple of games this season in which he's been fit, but. I, I do think that that front forward look more cohesive with him in it. He's not going to get you 20 goals in a season, but very few strikers will now be able to
2: score 20 goals at Premier League level. But why can't you be somebody like Andy Carroll who can play that role of holding the ball up and bringing other players in, but also score goals? I think with Carroll you admit you're going to go, you're going to go more direct than well, we like to we play at, go, at the moment? Why can't we do that occasionally then?
1: Well, I mean, we why? could and West Ham have and it's been working yeah. for them It's recently. an option. I mean, West Ham fans wouldn't like to admit
2: that. Yeah, actually, they've actually gone back to Big Sam tactics, and that's
1: what's has Well,
2: Because it's an option when everything else isn't working, and that's an option we don't seem we to. We don't have. Yeah. Well, we have, but we don't seem to use it. But it's not. It's not like West Ham have, have reverted to Allardyce tactics because they clearly haven't. It's just that like, the last. If they wouldn't have won against us, mm. if they didn't, you know, change their tactics to. Well, we don't yeah, seem to have no. many options out, No, to we up, don't. That's the that's the problem right now. But I still think I don't, still don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility to ask for a striker who can score goals and do all the stuff that you want him to do. OK, um, good question, though, again there, from, from well, Tim. Well, it wasn't, because it started a row and everyone's really upset now.
1: <laughs> no, it's, that's the whole point <laughs> of the pod. <laughs> I love <laughs> rows. Um, I know you do. Yeah. The next question comes from Joe Podsiadly. Hi, Joe. Is he, has he got pod in his name? He's got his pod in his name. Oh, yeah, that's Perfect course. name for a podcast question. Um, he's put, Poor form is coinciding with my return to the country... Should I go back to Bali?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, if Joe, you're, you If go. you're arrogant enough to believe that it's down to you, Joe, then yes. Okay. It's not poor form, is it? We just lost two games on the spin.
1: Yeah, it's... No, it's not. We haven't been playing
2: badly, but anyway, Joe... I wasn't li- going to have a go uh, at him for the uh, superstition of
3: thinking that all the results down to his sort of personal yeah. circumstances, but I am calling him out on that humble brag.
2: Okay, fair enough. Yeah, well, yeah. Joe, safe trip Mind back to you, Bali. To be fair, Mrs Day would point out that I pretty much believe it's down to my routine. What happens? We okay. Win or lose. What is your routine? Can't tell you. Yes. <laughs> Have a triple whiskey before you leave. Yeah. So left out of the bunny hole, which is not working for some reason. But yeah. um, Joe, Well that's a good question, Alan. I'm sorry that you've come back just to see us. Well, it to seventh in the Premier League, Joe. We would appreciate
1: you going back to Bali. Um, we wouldn't do whatever you want to. Do. Um, but he has got he has got a genuine question on the back of that, which says, with all the competition in midfield and the threadbare look of our
3: back line at the moment. And we've had this one before. No, we shouldn't put Jed Nack at centre-back. Is <laughs> should, that what it is? Yeah, no, yeah. you should not put Jed Nack at centre-back. Is that the question? Yeah. It worked appallingly when we tried it in the Championship a couple of times. The guy's not played at that in that position barely in his career ever. Centre-back is a position that just relies upon um, effectively reading of the game and in instincts and things that are drummed into your head from a very early age, which is why centre-back peak far later than, say... Um, Sort of central midfielders or, mm. or wingers or whatever. I just, I just think it would be a recipe for absolute disaster, particularly when you've got Mary Apafit, Hangeland, Delaney Dan. I mean, yes, we've Kelly got can play, S- can Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. I mean, we've got a fit of uh, centre backs at the moment. Mm. Why, why put Jednak, who's never played there, in that position? It just it wouldn't make much sense to me. If you're going to put Jednak in the team
2: anywhere, you, you
3: make way for him in the sort of position in which he's, he's
2: yeah, best. I've, I think yeah. there's, a, there's an argument about which two players. Uh, sit in front of the, the centre backs, but I think we've got enough options that still at centre backs. Mariupol can play centre back if necessary, he's done that before. So, Jenna thinks very very much one player who's it's obvious where he plays, yeah. Gennac, and he does a job looks like a centre back because he can head the ball well, but as, as Street says, it's a very different role. It's, it's 30 years ago, you'd probably say, Yeah, he's big, he's strong, he's tall, bungy, we put him there because mm. one of the centre backs' his only job was to head the ball away. And the it's thing is, not, he does yeah. like running around smashing people, yeah. which he really, did
3: on Saturday. Which he yeah, did yeah, do on yeah. Saturday, and it's great fun yeah. to watch, but you don't really want your centre-back running around smashing people what, the whole What time.
1: about yeah. Jedi as a, as a late, last ten minutes up front? Smashing people what up the front the box? A that. That.
2: Yeah? Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind I think there could be a place for that. Yeah, I wouldn't mind, Funny enough, I laughed at a mate who said, why not try Jedi further forward in midfield but I think there isn't it it works for Fellaini sometimes the last 10 minutes I'd be up for that just that kind of shock value that kind of putting putting your weight about but we did it with Hangulam very late uh, against Leicester didn't we We just went go on Breda go go up there big lad go on (laughs) but it's encouraging to see that that Jedi clearly does seem to be part of Mm. Pardew's plans because I think we all well predicted or worried that he wouldn't be here or he wouldn't be in the squad even so well we said at the start of the season we? that there's going to be
1: games or yeah. situations where They're he right and him, yeah. will be
2: needed and clearly that's, that's proven to be the case and obviously it
1: turns out yeah. we know more than we think we do um, Next question is from Tom Flaherty Hi, Hi Tom. Tom He's put Do you think all our fears have come true and the yes. bubble has burst <laughs> and we've started on a downward spiral oh, towards I... relegation grin emoticon, wink emoticon He's actually written grin emoticon, wink emoticon well, so, You can
3: grin and wink as much as you like but until we get No, of course not <laughs> I don't. I, when you look at teams like Sunderland and Bournemouth and Norwich and see the combination of ineptitude, naivety, and just plain shyness then no, we're not going to be in trouble this season. I think you know people probably have to realise that we're not we're not a top five, top sixteen because we're, we're reliant upon our best players being in ridiculously good form and. Yeah none of them being injured like our second string aren't bad footballers but they're sort of probably lower mid-table Premier League footballers rather than top-end Premier League footballers in the same way that when a punch falls out of form it's not like having Sergio Aguero out of form it's Mm. just it's effectively like having you know a a mediocre Premier League footballer rather than a very good one like he usually is Um, but we're not going to be in any danger of of, of going down it's like
2: Leicester at the moment Leicester are doing very well and fair play to them because every single player in the squad is performing at 100% and they can't do that Mm. for the rest of the season the the top four Man City United Arsenal can coast on 60% for all their players Um, we're one of the teams who can't do that but it's I mean it was slightly worrying it looked like Bournemouth Norwich Watford were going to do better than I thought but it's clear after 10 games Sunderland and Newcastle aren't good sides they're not going to magically turn into good sides they're not I don't think they're going to spend a lot of money in January. Villa, whoever Villa get in, they're in trouble. They're a mess, aren't they? Bournemouth are becoming victims of their own open style of play and the fact that their squad is not that deep and they're missing... Injuries good, as Injuries. Well. Norwich struggling. Watford have surprised us all and fair play to them. But we're better than a lot of teams in that division. We'll probably lose more than we win in the end, but... Yeah, We'll be alright yeah, yeah, yeah we'll be fine we'll, be, we'll get players in in January And we're a club on the, an upward hmm. An upward Thrust is the wrong word isn't it But Well you could say thrust if you want on but this, it, yeah, Having said that Come back to me if we lose To Man
1: United and Liverpool But I don't think it's the end or We'll talk about that in part three right. But um, I don't think it's the end of the world If we do that Anyway um, A couple more questions This one's from RDH Watercolour ha- Wow uh, uh, Hello R-D- RDH, R-D-H. Yeah. I don't think that's their real R-D-H. name oh, Okay R-D.
2: RDH Okay, yeah. would I a and clever pun in there. I, 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 yeah, I, thought, I don't thought, think I, it is. I think yeah. it's just do, it. It. It's oh, no. I think
1: it's Anyway, not. they say uh they, he, she, whoever says, Would you swap Kabai for Vardy? No. No. Okay, good, next question. <laughs> no, Vardy <laughs>
2: Yeah, Vardy's having a golden spell at the moment, but we put him in the England team, he doesn't do that well and Leicester haven't played brilliant teams recently, apart from us. But He's a fast player on a hot streak. He's on a hot streak big time, yeah. yeah. All this um, nonsense yesterday about, you know, take Rooney away from England and put him in is just... No, well, we had Murray on a hot streak last season. It happens, is yeah, yeah. not it? Yeah.
1: Last question then from Rob Goodwin. Hi Rob. Hi, Rob. He's put Man City, West Brom, West Ham at home. Spurs, Watford and Leicester away. Six points, a reasonable haul. I expected eight.
2: Well, that's a lawyer's question, isn't it? Well, let's ask the what lawyer. we've got seven? <laughs> well, well, you expected eight. Um...
3: Uh, is, six
0: a, is six a reasonable I, I would have
3: expected more than zero points from the two games against West Ham and, and Leicester, to be honest. I mean, you would have hoped for, at worst, probably a couple of draws there. Yeah. Um, but as we said, Pardew is sort of a shit or bust kind of guy by the looks of it from this season. Mm-hmm. So it seems inevitable that we're either going to win or lose trying.
2: Um, but remember what uh, Delaney said to us on the pod about they broke it into six. So this is the second we four games in the second six and we won two and hmm. lost two
1: and we I mean again and, and also we got two games to go and and obviously we'll talk about it in part 3 but this is a Palace team that can st- that can still pull results out of the bag from any game yeah really good okay <laughs> well i think that's fairly yeah, I positive
2: think, i think i mean the, the question's interesting because it does indicate what we talked about that expectations have been raised remarkably uh this season but which is which is which is good no, not really Because no, we've only really added Kabai. I know mean, we've added other players But is the one mm. Marquee signing it's, it's, I, don't, I think it's slightly Optimistic I think We would have happily settled for this At the start of the season
1: Oh definitely, definitely
2: uh, And you know, we had a, a Really good second part of the season But a lot of the players Were the same players With a very bad first part of the season So we're still very much a work in progress. Yeah, and most Palace fans this season would still take 10th to 12th to 13th.
1: We'd take survival in a mid-table, obviously, yeah, I'd, wouldn't we? There's, there's, no there's no one that's going to be disappointed that we haven't finished 8th or 9th or broken into top 7, well, really, is I
3: it? Like, some, realistically, some new, some young, someone's obviously some, not read the internet recently. Yeah, <laughs> some younger new
2: fans will be. And, yeah. and it would be a shame after the good start if we, you know, it'd be lovely to head for a top 10 finish, top half finish, that'd be great in the grand scheme of things in the bigger picture it's oh, yeah. progress isn't it of course it is third season in the Premier League it's never happened before exactly no, good I don't like it yeah. okay well um, no, it's let's... horrible you just wait for it to stop but, yeah. oh yeah, no enough.
1: right before that negativity cool. uh, boils over we're going to end the questions there listeners thank you very much for your questions um, in part three we're looking forward to all playing both Manchester teams Man City and Man United in one week so we'll talk about those games in a bit so join us very soon Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the 5-Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Hey, hey, hey! Pod 154, sponsored by Vector oh, Printing for all your just... print and embroidery needs. Go to vector.co.uk, and that's Vector with a J. K, and JCIS, the global research and brand consultancy from South London. Visit jc-is.com. I try to do that in the most neutral accent possible Could we just there. can't
2: paste those in this time?
1: Nope. We are contractually obliged to do <laughs> contractually. them. Contractually. Um, so
2: two games come up this yeah. week. I will who's, show you who's later. Obliged. Me, we he's have got tattoos on his back. We get a palace tattoo, but he's had that tattooed on his back. Let, by we a ve- haven't got by a vector. Oh, you brought it up again. Haven't we, you guys wanted to
1: do a quick part of three. We've oh, yeah, got time to go into the the tattoo thing. Although I did meet the guy Brad, who constantly used to tweet us about it in the pub on Saturday, and he was asking again where the tattoos are. So that's for another pod, another day. Because Palace have got Man City on Wednesday night. Uh, uh, in the cup, and then Man United at the weekend in the league. Man City game. Uh, we have got a question from Dominico De Prospo. That's
3: a good name. Hi, Daker,
1: who says um, if we've got no injuries versus City, uh, who do you want to see up front?
3: Gail Campbell or Banford? So, uh, and I guess from that, what, what sort of team are we expecting? I think he'll do his usual cup thing of bringing in a few second string ones, but he knows that realistically albeit that Man City will play more or less a second string, their second string is probably still good enough to qualify for the Champions League. So you don't want to take an absolute pace. You say that. that, if I could just interject, I did do a qu- an interview with a City fan
1: for Palace Fan TV, seamless so plug, um, and he was saying they expect him to play a fairly strong team, Pellegrini, because he's been told each season you've got to win a trophy. doesn't actually matter which one it is. So.
2: So they think they, he thinks they might go for it. Well, that'll be interesting to see the relative priority of each club because uh, certainly, again, Damien on the podcast said that they were targeting the League Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a kind of no lose situation for Pardew in a way because if we do go out of the League Cup to Man City, no one will be that disappointed. And also, it's a sort of game that Palace have conjured up good results from in the past. It will be I can't I can't imagine that Pellegrini would play a a real first team, but then again, as you say, his second team is good enough to win mm. most tournaments. I, I think Pardew will play a fairly strong team, but maybe with one or two wild cards.
1: Yeah, I think, I think he will too. I think yeah. he's going to try and go for it.
2: Uh, unfortunately, we don't right now, we don't seem to,
1: we've got a few injuries, which means that that bigger squad that would be great for being having a cup run is slightly decimated a little bit, but. I still think we got the fair deal. I think what be like, I, mean, I
2: think it has the it's got all the elements of a decent Palace. You know, big pitch, Man City fans get a bit cross if they're not five 0 up after mm. twenty minutes. I'd, I'd like to see us go for it. Basically, working on the basis that I don't think any Palace fan would be that disappointed if we got knocked out. Also, last League
1: Cup tie we played in Manchester.
2: Yeah, Darren. Twenty eleven. Old Trafford.
3: Yeah.
1: and Darren Ambrose yeah. from a hundred yards. So that was you know yeah. good omen for us.
3: I Um, want to go back to that lad's comment Yeah. so he's inferred in fact I said you've got to win a trophy this season that he's not going to go oh right well we're in pretty good position in the Premier League the only real genuine challenger to us at Mm -hmm. the moment is probably Arsenal and we've looked pretty good in most games and we've now got to win sort of two Champions League matches effectively to go through Mm -hmm. but lads we have got the Carling One Cup or whatever it's called these days let's prioritise that one of course he's going to play more or less a second Carling One Cup yeah we'll call it whatever the the, the Rumbelow's Milk Cup uh there's, there's no way that Pellegrini is not going to drop a few players. I think there'll be some big... I think there'll be Yaya Torre, that kind of... There'll be some big names in there, I think.
1: He's got a big enough squad that he can he can still do that. Well, play, yeah, pay Torre
3: he, for an hour and it, then... I, I think it'll be a vastly changed yeah. team from the one that played on Sunday. For example, you know, there's no way that... I, I wouldn't have thought Joe Hart will be playing, for example. They won't play um, Yaya Torre, I wouldn't have thought. I think they'll drop a lot of their genuine first choice. Yeah, I don't think before, they'll... First they, choice they, won't, they won't play company. They won't play... <laughs> I mean, your company... Uh, yeah
2: his injury I think probably not Well, he played on Sunday but yesterday no, be I don't think, yeah, I, I'd, I'd be amazed if he played anything like a proper full strip side
1: well hopefully he won't but let's let's see what happens but anyway that we've then got May United at home uh, on Saturday and um, what are we expecting from that because May United at the moment keeping clean sheets they're quite tough, tough to beat they're not scoring as many mm. but they're not letting that many in it's going to be another tough one for Palace and the team that isn't scoring many goals we you played a, well against nil-nil? them 0
2: last season unlucky with a goal which sh- I don't think should have been allowed to stand mm-hmm. I, would t- I, would, I would take a point I can't see a point I don't see it being 0-0 uh, I think it will be a, maybe as I said earlier maybe a more old fashioned last two seasons Palace type game working on the basis that we haven't really got the ammunition to hurt them so we might try and sit deep Again, Van Hoel, you know, he's not gung ho. I don't think he'd be unhappy with a point away from home at Selhurst Park either. But we have to beat Man U eventually. I mean, we've, you know, we've we beat don't Chelsea. Well, well we no, we've we've beaten. We went a long time before we beat Chelsea, Man City. You know, we've done that. And asked Man U are next, but yeah. But what's? Uh, it's just really exciting. You know, it's just seeing you know, for all that people moan about the Premier League, just seeing players like Schweinsteiger and Martial and, and Rooney. Come to Palace is, is brilliant, but I think the other thing to remember is that last season their back four was pretty, pretty ropey and their back four was not much better. This, I think, you can get at Smalling and you can get at Jones. I think there's, mm. you know, I don't think we should be scared of them, but I can't, I don't think we're going to go gung ho against them. But
1: it's nice though to have big teams like that coming down to Sulhurst and knowing they've got to,
2: oops, knowing
1: they've got to give it a good game and, and dig in, you know, they play
3: quite, uh, quite a quite a slow and stayed at yeah. times game now United mm. the, the, the worry that I would have is if we you can call to, it boring If we they are boring at the right. moment they are an incredibly boring <laughs> team under Van now and they have been the entire time they're, they're doing quite well now in terms of results mm. and they've become a lot more professional there's some good quality and individual positions in that team and Martial does look like he's he's the real deal mm. but other than that you know we, we talk about Schwein's though he's now 31 he's not the player that he was when he I was know, but of still seeing him at Salas Park yeah yeah, yeah World four, Cup winner
2: yeah He's a good player. You would have imagined that five years ago. You'd see players of his quality. It makes it even better if we can beat them when they have got...
1: It is the sort like of game that... I'd be more
2: worried if people like Lingard played, if they played like younger players with more... I suspect he probably will feature, uh, yeah. The other worry is who the referee is as well, because Rooney... Yeah, I've got a lot of time for Rooney. I think he's a really good player, but if you've got a referee that lets him boss the game... Do
1: we know then who then the referee
2: they is? Get, yeah, then they, if they get the free kicks in and then around the, the box, because he he has that charisma about him that referees do tend to listen to him mm. in a way that we probably haven't got anyone yet mm. that can do that. Well, I don't know who the ref is, unfortunately. No. Probably should have researched that before the pod. Well, as long as it's not Clatterberg, which probably won't be. If it's John Moss, we're laughing. <laughs> well, let's hope it's John Moss.
1: Um, i got a question then from, from one of our uh, listeners. He, Peter Hostackney. Hi Peter. Hi, Peter. Great name. He's put um, three upcoming... Nothing to lose matches. City, May United, Liverpool next week. What do we expect from them? Are they, is it, is it fair to call them nothing to lose matches?
3: Well, I we, we've beaten Liverpool enough recently. That, yeah. You know, well, enough with it's been once. So, that's probably not true. But, um, I don't see why we no, can't. We beat them home and away last season. No, we, oh, no, oh being, we did, yeah, yeah we, oh, did. Oh, oh, we did. Oh we did, yeah we did. next free kicking in the yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why we can't go up to Anfield. And they've not looked, Brilliantly, brilliant. Even sorry, recently, I, I think even on Sunday that the ma- their match against Southampton was fairly poor, yeah, and it's going to take football Klopp football. a little while to get them to play the sort of high, fast, fast-paced press that he wants. Well, it's he's like, not a miracle
2: worker. He's gonna, it's going <laughs> to take him till he gets new players in because <laughs> without Benteke in storage I think Liverpool's a game of less to fear. But I, did, I did,
1: what did he say? Nothing to lose. What do you expect from them? He then he then got a little caveat. How many goals can we score in these three games?
3: I just want a goal, like yeah. from open play. I just would <laughs> really good, like yeah. a goal. I, yeah. I wasn't at the West Brom game, unfortunately, because I was uh, I was away for the weekend. So I've not seen a, a goal from open play since I don't know what, the Villa game. The Villa, the Villa game was is, uh, probably the last time I saw. It was only open just play. open
2: play. Wasn't it? it was a corner that got played back, so it yeah. was technically open play, but it wasn't. Hmm well yeah I'd like to see more threat from actually the other side of that I'd like to see more threat from dead ball situations because we've gone we seem to have lost a little we bit we started of the season quite strong yeah, didn't yeah. We? I'd like to yeah. see a bit more from championship player Bakri Saka as well
1: <laughs> and you're just yeah. tempting
3: fate by, <laughs> by saying that because it worked last time against Villa well yeah against yeah. Villa but since then he's actually looked like a genuine championship player so hopefully we'll, we'll get something from him too
1: okay um, Okay, okay, fine. I was going to ask you for predictions for Man United game, but I know you hate me asking that. So yeah, I
2: just think we should be really excited that we're, our next two games are against Man United and Liverpool. Basically, I think we should probably remember where we were mm-hmm. three or four seasons ago. But also, what, this team is capable to of, yeah, yeah, pulling a result out. Yeah, and then also we should bear in mind that our next two games after that at home against Sunderland and Newcastle. And Mm-hmm. Two winnable games yeah, definitely two winnable games After an yeah. international break as well Yeah So Well, yeah. we'll obviously the home, about, form, the home form Is getting to be really important I mean that's I think it would give everybody a lift If we could get But a, we have had some very tricky Tricky games at home We have and we've got another one Coming up But still yeah. You know We're 7th in the Premier League So the team that's 7th in the Premier League Should think they've got A really good chance Against yeah. United Who are 2nd, 3rd 2nd now I think yeah. Not that many points ahead of us Yeah Despite the, How much more their squad is worth True, yeah.
1: good. Okay, I think that wraps up Pod One Fifty Four right there. So, chaps, thanks for being here.
3: All oh, well, I well, you I, did I say it. So. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. And anyway. I know I now basically
2: got rights thanks, of a tenant because I'm here so much. So, <laughs> so thanks, for that Kev.
1: Good uh, listener. Thank thanks you very much for
2: coming back from work early to be here. Before you were, is what you meant to say. Oh, um thanks. rushing yeah, home. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We really. And you would be late. Appreciate it.
1: Um, good <laughs> listeners. Thank you for listening. Um, we will. S- you will hear from us. After the May night game, uh, thank you very much, and I'll see you again soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Experiences are what people love most about travel. With Viator, you can browse and book tours and activities so incredible, you'll want to tell your friends. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. Viator has experiences in over 190 countries. There's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Viator lets you keep things flexible. Use Reserve Now and Pay Later to secure the activities you don't want to miss without being locked in. Whether you want to take a backstage tour of the Grand Ole Opry, a Miami Bimini Bahamas day trip by ferry, or a private guided tour of the Grand Canyon, Viator is for you. Download the Viator app now and use Viator 10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.